Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. Hi, welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Hubbard, and today I'm joined by Madeline, Melissa, and Brianna, all from our team, to talk about um, this topic that we're calling practical ways to help your employees feel valued. Uh, Clearly, this is one, like a lot of things we talk about, that could uh, be very in-depth. There's a lot to it, uh, but we really think it comes down to some simple things, and we want to talk about some examples from our experience, things we've felt um, and observed in our careers and our personal lives as well. So, um, so let, let's just dive into this. Uh, the first thing I'll say, and then I'll, I'll pass it um, to each of y'all just to give us your thoughts, but I already mentioned it. Usually it's very small things that make people feel valued. Not that a promotion, a pay raise, um, you know, some big to-do isn't appreciated. Totally understand that. But most of the time, that's not what you're handing out, so to speak, right? So if you're a leader or you're a peer, a coworker, if you're trying to encourage your people uh, make those around you feel valued. It's usually the small personal touches, so to speak. And so um, I know y'all have some good stuff on this. Um, jump in. What 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 do y'all? How have y'all seen this um, be done to you, or that you've practiced and done for people around you? Um, okay, well, Madeline here. I feel like we've got three girls at the table, so <laughs> let's recognize. It won't be any mistake when I yeah. jump in. But, recognize you know, yeah. the voices here. But yeah, I love how you mentioned the little things, Tanner. So I'm kind of coming at this from a um, employee perspective and not a supervisor trying to make my employees feel valued. But I can just speak from like Melissa, you have made me, everyone on this team has made me feel very valued. But I'm specifically thinking about just like the little things that you know, you have, you will compliment me on, you will uh, just encourage me. Um, You've noticed like there's been times where we've been on Zooms or we've been like in person and you're like pulling me aside. You good? Like, are you tired? Are you, you know, and I don't ever take offense to that. I'm instead like, wow, she notices, you know, those things. Um, And all of y'all have sent me thank you cards before and just like little, just little things, just saying like, you know, thank you for all the work that you're doing. And I'm a words person. So anytime someone's like giving me a compliment, I'm just like taking that in fully and pushes me to do better. Also just like being interested in the things that I'm interested in. Like y'all always remember like the hobbies that I'm doing, the trips that I go on. And you're like, we want to see pictures. Like we want to talk about what you, you know, just went through or whatever. Um, and so just remembering my hobbies, my interest that, I mean, all of those things are like very important to me. And, um, yeah, but I do think I want to say it it is a two way street. Like as an employee, I need to be also giving feedback to y'all and, um, letting you know that I appreciate the guidance and I appreciate, you know, even the times where, you know, last a couple of years ago, my grandparents passed away and y'all all showed up to the funeral, which of course was a big thing. I mean, showing up to a personal event like that, we're not saying you need to be doing that for every single, if you have a big group of people, but um, that meant a lot to me. And then you just noticed that that was like a stressor and you were able to help take the load off or just even offer to like help me in certain ways. So that, that was huge for me. So yeah, um, it's a two-way street, but but I have definitely noticed whenever y'all do the little things. For me. Well, and I'll jump in one thing, not to pat our team on the back at all, but I mean, you mentioned you know your uh, grandmother's funeral. 
that the interesting thing from my perspective was so that you know there's three other team members full-time team members obviously brianna helps us in a lot of ways been a part of our team for a long time but as full-time employees melissa john madeline myself um and and when that funeral was on the calendar we all knew when it was the other three of us didn't talk about that we didn't make a plan and be like okay guys let's get there i didn't know that melissa and john were going to be there they probably didn't know i was going to be there but we, and I, that's not to pat ourselves on the back and be like well look how awesome we are but the thing I pull out of that and the story that you shared is it's about getting to know your people, right? Because if you don't know your people, then some gesture might not be taken the right way. There may be other employees who are like, no, please leave my personal life alone. Don't come to my things, you know, and they would have been like, why are you here? Right. And that would have made them feel weird. Not the case in your situation. Right. Um, But same on the other side, you might have somebody who's like, you know, I'm going to get this person a $25 Starbucks gift card every, every time they meet a goal or something. And they're like, this is dumb. I don't drink coffee. Why don't you, why are you, you know? (laughs) So it really is about getting to know people. I just think, again, not that like we did that great, but I think that happened because of the way that we know each other on our team and the way we, we work together and knew that in your case, that was something, yeah, that was something that was important to you, um, in in the grand scheme of things and, and how you felt here as a valued member of the team. So Anyway, I just, I love that we've gotten to know each other. Doesn't mean we're perfect at that, but we've gotten to know each other to that level that we understand, you know, what, what's helpful and, and maybe what's not at times. But Brianna, I know you've got thoughts on this as well, please. Yeah, this, um, hi, it's Brianna. Um, and I think just kind of piggybacking off of what Tanner said, it's so interesting coming, like working as part of the John Harrison team compared to some other positions and companies that I've worked for, like how the, the difference between them. That is something getting to know your people has been infused into the hiring process of every single individual that this is this is important to us to to truly get to know people and to treat them with respect and show show them appreciate appreciation for them. Um, coming out of the media industry at different uh, companies that I've worked for, that was not always the case. And it was it was often seen as kind of a uh, uh almost a culture of weakness to get to know your people to um because you don't want to be friends with them you're their leaders you're here for a specific job and a specific purpose and you have certain goals to meet um and so that pendulum can swing in two different directions it's finding that happy medium of that sincerity of that this is important these people who are contributing to the team to help the success of the company, they are important and and their growth is important and they bring value to the team. So one example, I've been out of the, um, I guess, corporate arena for a bit. I'm a um, a mom and a teacher. And so my um, circles are a little bit different, but I was talking to someone recently of an example that just really stood out to me, this kind of putting this in a practical sense and also not to, um, it's it's tied to the work results too, where it's not like, oh, you have to be best friends and know everything about them. Um, so in this organization, uh, they have a promotion cycle ever so often. And so there, there's tests that go along with it and practical aspects. And then if you are up for this uh, promotion time, then you kind of create, um, you know, different highlights throughout your career that show some of the things that you have brought value to the company and, and organization. And then different leaders sit in on those uh, promotion interviews. Um, some leaders who have um, specifically seen things that the people who are up for promotion have been involved in 
And um, most of the time, this person in this position who was going up for the promotion, the leaders just kind of sit around the table. They listen to the highlights and they they agree. They say, yes, this person has done this. They're, they're right. The, these are the things that they, they have done. Um, but in this case, this um, interview, this one leader um, was giving examples from from this employee that were completely just everyday. I mean, they were definitely assignments and tasks that they had done, but he had noted specific examples of how that person spoke to someone, how this person handled this conflict. And this person was telling me, you know, like, I just, you know, I would have never come up with those things. And, you know, I recalled them once they started talking, but I was looking at this person like, how much do you care about me that you are, t you know, telling me these things and recognizing and paying attention? Um, and I think that's something I, that leaders, you know, in the day-to-day -day business of, you know, accomplishing goals and, and checking things off our to-do list, we can sometimes be blinded to the things that are around us, the people who are making these things happen. And so it really is, you know, there is the sense of getting to know your employees, but paying attention to what they're doing and making note. Now, this leader, I, I talked to him later at, at the dinner and said, well, how did you, you know, like, do you just hold that all up in your memory? What? How do you go about it? He was obviously a beaver because he said, no, I have a, an organizational system. We have um, things that after each project, we have to record data of the project. And he said, but I often take time to play back in my memory the people who were involved in that project, how they handled it. And I just jot down notes, like what they said, they, you know, and because <clears throat> his examples were not, you know, oh, they went above and beyond in this project. They were very specific about what they said. And so that sort of thing, I think, just really, you know, and that's tied to the work results aspect of it, too. It shows that you care, that you're paying attention, and that the goals and success of the company or organization are at the forefront. It's just not this feel-good, you know, stuff that you do that is, you know, you're recognizing or, like you said, giving somebody a Starbucks gift card to make them feel valued. You're recognizing the good work that they're doing um, along the way. Yeah, and an employee like me, like if a supervisor were to do that, like, I mean, there's definitely been times where I wouldn't even notice that in myself yeah. or like remember that I had that conversation with that person. So that that's really great that, that that's a great example, yeah. Melissa, what do you have on this? I know you've got some notes as we were thinking about this topic. Yeah, so um, I guess from my perspective, because I am a golden retriever and I have led people along the way, but I tend to be the more silent type in my leadership. So one thing I would just kind of point out, kind of relative to the example that you gave, Brianna, is that, you know, uh, there's a couple of factors in that, that I heard in that story. And one was the maturity level of that leader. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been down a path where they knew it became important to recognize and understand and pay attention to the examples. It's not necessarily just the the actions of somebody, but their words as well. You know, those are all uh, things that reemphasize the type of learning that that leader had, but also that they are embracing the culture and the positive work environment that they want to create. Um, but then the other thing that I would point out in that particular example is like silence does not mean that someone's not paying attention. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm a very quiet person by nature, and you can see Tanner had to kind of pull me into the conversation here, but 
that's because I'm a listener. I like to pay attention to what's going on, recall that, and figure out how I can incorporate it into conversations or performance reviews or, you know, even uh, constructive feedback along the way. So I would just, you know, as a leader, take those two things into consideration. It's not always what you're doing or what you're accomplishing. It's also what you're paying, atten paying attention to on the peripheral and how you can um, incorporate that into feedback or conversations and just dialogue. Part of relationships is understanding, and I'll use the word, love language of your people. You know, everybody has something different. Madeline, you said it was words. You know, other people, it's the Starbucks gift card or, you know, something like that. And I think you have to know your people enough to know what pieces are important to them, but don't overdo it. There has to be a balance between knowing your people and just showering your people for the sake of it. <laughs> um, but again, it's balanced with that criticism piece of it too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like everything we talk about, right? There's a balance. Almost nothing in this life is solved by the extremes, right? So it's this balanced approach to everything. And I love those examples you got. And now that, that, that quiet, uh, silent, you know, kind of personality, that's something Melissa and I both share, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> no, but what I, but seriously, what I love by that, and I will shift it just a little bit to talk. So all four of us, ultimately, I mean, we, you know, work with each other and for each other, depending on our different levels, but uh, contractor, full-time employee, but we all work for John Harrison, the person, right? I mean, that's the company we work for, but John is alive and well and carries this organization and he leads all of us. So, the interesting thing is like we just addressed it. We have very different personalities just around this table, right? I mean, we've got, you mentioned, um, you know, beaver personality, Brianna, for those that don't know, that's kind of the analytical type. We talk about it in some of our sessions, but uh, that's clearly me. Uh, we all know it's me. Um, I'm, I can be very loud. Um, I talk fast. So I have some extroverted, some lion personality that's strong, but beaver is my go-to. That's my dominant. That's where I feel most comfortable. Um, so that's, I mean, it's not hard to figure out, right? But clearly, Madeline is golden retriever. She's golden retriever. We all have a mix. Melissa was golden retriever, but had to be lion for many, many years, right? Same with Brianna. I mean, you're in industries where even if lion wasn't your dominant, it's what had to be kind of dominant. So we all kind of come with these different um, primaries and then corporate shaped and background uh, perspective and all that. But the cool thing is like John's kind of handled that in stride, right? He, we, he didn't go and hire four people that all had his same personality, right? He's Otter uh, Beaver as well. He's very good in front of the room. He's very people oriented, but he's from the financial, you know, that's how he got started in Caterpillars, the financial sector, very analytical in that way. So uh, my point of all that is just managing teams of those different uh, personalities can be a team of four, like we have, or it can be a team of 400. Um, and it's always going to be a balance of, you know, what are your people need? Uh, how can I best help them and make them feel valued? And I do think on a smaller scale, what we have going for us is there's less of us to get to know, right? So we can be a little more personal. We are more like family just by nature because we're small, because we share this mission, this vision of the work that we're doing. Uh, so we understand that's not always completely replicable if you have a bigger team, if you're in different work environments, but we think some of this stuff is, is true no matter where you are. And so I would encourage you find those little things that are going to make that employee feel like they're a part of the team, that they're a valued member of the team, but don't hold back on constructive criticism either. I, I know uh, you y'all alluded to that a little bit and just sharing that, how how you can do better in a respectful way. And I, I care enough about you to share this, you know, with you. I want you to improve. And um, so if there's any, I, I want y'all's perspective on that kind of as a last point here before we wrap up. We talked about gifts and showing up for things and noticing things. Um, but what about the other side when someone needs some some 
some correction, some constructive feedback, because that's just as valuable to somebody who wants to succeed, right? So how have y'all seen that work or how have you experienced that in your careers? Well, I think this is Brianna. I think that's so critical because I remember as an early leader for me, I think that that was the part that I focused on the most was probably how do I need to fix things? And I need to give everybody the, you know, the criticism up front, you know, um, Hi, welcome so- to the team. Here's <laughs> 10 things you need to do better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, youth. But, um, you know, you're exactly right. It's about getting to know your people and what works for someone is not going to work for someone else, especially in the terms of like feeling valued and doing things to show them they're valued. I think it goes on that side too. But once you get to know people in a way that you, you show that you care that kind of criticism is going to go a long way because they know that you have their best interest at heart, that you truly care about them. It's not only about the companies, you know, meeting goals, meeting quota, hitting these numbers. So when they come to you with that sort of criticism or just feedback on how something, how they could improve on things, you know that it's from a place of love and uh, just caring for that person. So I would um, you know, give that advice, especially anyone who's new to leadership, who feels like, I mean, we, we have so many different tools in our, um, you know, tool chest. And so if you are constantly just breaking out the hammer to give that kind of, you know, you've got to use different tools to, you know, maybe you need to use the wrench to kind of loosen something up, you know, and I think that goes, it just ties everything together. Why getting to know your people from the start is so important. Now, if you are at a place in leadership where you're like, well, I've been a leader for, you know, 15 years or something, and I've never done this, it is not too late. Amen. <laughs> so um, don't feel like, well, I've already screwed this up and there's no hope. There is hope. And just, you know, take the time to um, to get to know people sincerely, not just because I have to do this to be a good leader. I mean, just really showing people you care is just paying attention to them, listening to them, talking to them, and observing and and kind of going from there. Yeah, it's never too late to start rewriting your legacy, and I think that's yeah. that's a great point. Go ahead, Melissa. Oh, I was just going to say you literally took the kind of the <laughs> recap yeah. right out of my mouth, sure. you know, in terms of um, kind of the two-way street thing that Madeline mentioned earlier, and that is, you know, as an employee, yes, it's our responsibility to rec- recognize when someone is giving us that constructive feedback and why. But there's also a process, particularly if you're at a starting over point, right? Realizing that your leader maybe made some wrong choices or maybe handled it inappropriately before or was so driven on projects and focused on getting work done, you know, give them a little bit of grace. Help oh, them help them see that you see the change that's happening yeah. for them. Um, and I think having some dialogue around that is cool too. It's not that you try to be your leader's best friend in any way, but you're just trying to understand each other as humans and recognize that they're, they're making a conscious effort to change how they are leading me. And that is a balanced way, you know, with the feedback and the construct, the constructive feedback and the recognition, but it does have to be genuine and it has to be a process. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it all goes back to getting to know your employees because I mean, I, I can think back to early whenever I joined the team, like I was learning this big process of surveys and Tanner was like, he was doing all this training with me. And, and she didn't quit is the crazy thing. Like in yeah. the middle of all of that, she's still very, <laughs> very analytical person teaching me who is semi-analytical. But um, anyway, so I kind of had the process down, but you know, there were little bumps along the road and um, there was definitely some times where like we... I would, you know, give him like the project and there would be something wrong. And it wasn't like he would like talk to me multiple times about it and like keep bringing it up. It was just like he knew that like, okay, I'm going to take it harder in myself. (laughs) I'm going to look at this and be like, man, there was a mistake, like and be critical on myself. So he didn't need to keep bringing it up. Whereas some employees may be a little more scattered and like you may need to remind them of certain steps multiple times. Um, you know, and, and give that feedback over and over again. But he, he knew me to not like, you know, hammer it in and keep bringing it up because then I would just keep beating myself up, you know, about it. So, well, yeah. star employees are easy to give feedback to. And seriously, that's why it goes back to that two way street we've talked about. I mean, when, when someone actually wants to grow and actually wants to do the right thing, it's so much easier to, to help them along the way, if that makes sense. And so I would, either as leadership, clearly, you know, try to invest in everyone, but as all of us have bosses, most people in the world have bosses, be that kind of employee that is easy to work with, if that makes sense. Let Make it easy for your boss to give you feedback and to grow and learn from it, because then it's easier for both parties. Yeah, and I think also, too, as a as a leader, knowing your people and kind of what makes them tick and, and their personality, too, that can help you to adjust your style also because you know your personality. And so when you're dealing with somebody that you know is not going to receive information in the way that you would receive it because you're a, a certain personality, you can make those adjustments. I, I, so much of in leadership, there's always there are always these awkward pauses of like, okay, I'm saying this, but I don't know if you're here, hearing it kind of a thing. And so I think that can be just very helpful in in knowing the people around you to also adjust your style to know recognizing their personality, your personality, and um, and and just that two way street of communication is just so much smoother. Goes back to that maturity factor, yeah. you know, recognizing where you've misstepped and be able to own that and adjust. Well, I think it's all good stuff, as we've mentioned. You know, both it's both positive, helpful things as far as, you know, making someone feel like they're a valued member of the team. But the other side of that's offering that feedback, that constructive feedback in a respectful way. Uh, I think it takes all of that to, to truly help people feel valued in your, in your work environment. So hopefully something we've talked about today was, uh, you know, resonated with you and, and gives you some more tools in your tool bag as Brianna so eloquently already put it. Um, but uh, follow us again uh, on all of your podcast listening platforms, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, we love pushing this content out there. We, we love hearing feedback about how it's helping folks and, and what you want to hear us talk about. We don't think we, we are the last ones in the world to think we know what we're talking about or that we have the right answers. Uh, but it always means a lot to us when our listeners reach out about topics that they would like to hear the John Harrison team uh, discuss. Um, so please continue to do that. And we look forward to, uh, to having you on. Listen to us next time. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for a future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.